1: Finds dummy half. It's with the halfback Williams. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Guise, puts a kick out wide, looking for Chandler Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it! It's starting to hurt.
0: Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Supercoaches, I hope you navigated your way through what was another pretty weird round of Supercoach action on the weekend. Just everything about it. It's sort of the trend of the year, I think. Uh, It really capitulated it come Sunday afternoon, or Saturday night, I think it was, Cody Walker. uh, The game moved from Saturday to Sunday afternoon. The Bunnies getting the last game on Sunday night was meant to be the early game on Saturday. Stuffed with people's VC loophole plans, myself included, was trying to VC Cody Walker, uh, ended up going massive, but couldn't put it on him. Lots of people had the tough decision whether to loop or whether to stick with Tommy Trubojevic. Uh, I know there's a handful out there who ended up looping. Tommy went on to break the Supercoach record, one point more than Nathan Cleary's 225 earlier this season. Uh, crazy, crazy times are we in. Hopefully your numbers were right and you came away with a decent enough score. A bloke who I know did come out of it pretty damn well, and uh, he's pretty chuffed about it, is the Supercoach Spy, who continues his rise to the top. Spy.
2: Boys, how are we? Uh, yeah, just shy of 1,700 on the weekend. It was um, it was one of them weeks, just everything went to plan. Normally, you can sort of nail a few things, something that might go against you, or traditionally I've found this year, Sunday afternoon, last game or two have been my killer after a good week. It's sort of pulled me back a little bit. But with Tommy going ballistic and setting up plenty for Garrick, just really iced the weekend. And yeah, I ended up coming like 57th for the for the round or something like that, which is pretty crazy, and into 250th overall. So that was sort of the week I've been hoping for for about a month or two now. Um, hopefully I can roll on, but yeah, it was good, good to get one out of the way anyway and just really enjoy the weekend for a change after a few tricky ones for everyone.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Spy. Riding right the hunt there, mate, with uh, plenty of depth in your side and a few trades in hand as well. Uh, the next guest to our podcast is a bloke who hasn't been on in a couple of months. He's back on the podcast for the first time in a while. Uh, he's described, is admitted in the past that if he walked in on Tom Troy, Tom Troibich in bed with his wife, that he'd tuck him in.
1: Uh, it is Nick Moon, the man responsible for the weekly art moons. How are you? Ah, uh, good, Timmy, Spy. How are we doing? Uh thanks for having me on again, Timmy. It's been, um, it has been a couple of months and. It's nice to know you got me in at the uh, business end of the season when um, people are looking for the um, the edge to get them home in the run home. That's for sure. Mate, in all honesty, if you did
0: walk in on Tommy T with him, you so in bed. Uh, you're not a violent man, nor is Tommy T. How do you think it would pan out, you being his biggest fanboy?
1: Uh, well, once I guess he's I've tucked him in and uh, <laughs> breakfast the next morning, we'd um, talk some tactics and i will probably get a photo <laughs> and a, a signed jumper. That's for sure. Oh, bloody hell. Mate, how's the side running? Uh, not too bad. I've... Uh, if you've been reading the raps, I've been holding on to some trades, so I'm hoping that might be the uh, the tonic for the back end of the season with all these injuries. I um, knocked out 14.86 on the weekend, which wasn't great. I actually moved on Dane Laurie, who spent uh, most of the game in a neat uh, moon boot, which didn't help my cause, but um, went up a couple of hundred spots into 3,600, <laughs> thought. Um So pretty happy. I've got a few trades left, so I'm just going to look to make a move and a few head-to-head comps. And, um really make a big run home like an Ariana Titma style.
0: <laughs> yeah, good yes, stuff. I, I know exactly how you feel on the, the trade of Dane and Laurie. I I wrestled with the idea all weekend. One of the tough decisions I've had all year, four trades left. Uh, I had to play Spencer Lenu in my side and it was going to be CSC for Talakai. So the plan was I could use two trades and bring in Payne Haas. Uh, I had to use two trades to get Haas into my team for Tor, who Harris or whoever it might have been. Uh, needed to downgrade Brian Toto as well. Ended up going with Katoni Staggs, who scored two tries and looked like a hero, an absolute genius, uh, only to be ruled out for the rest of the season. So he's burnt me twice in two years, um, Katoni, but nonetheless, I feel sorry for the poor bugger. Not a bad score anyway, 1,576 points into nine hundred and sixty-seventh, though for overall, so making a bit of a charge there. A bit of a shout-out to the Turbo Hammies Cup. So there's a a podcasting league uh, put together by one of the fellas uh, of all the sort of Supercoach-related podcasters are in it. Uh, Myself is in it, the Spy, who's leading the way with a couple of other highly ranked players there, including the overall leader. Uh, I think Desi Creek's in it as well. Uh, Overall, number one ranked league, the Turbo Hammies Cup. So awesome stuff from the boys there. SC Playbook League dropped back maybe a spot into fourth place, so hanging in and not far behind. Uh, And a shout-out to Desi Creek. He's not on this week, but Desi, as he tends to do, he goes out on a limb with, with these big calls. More often than not, they don't come off. Sometimes they do. Uh, he called the Tommy Trebojevic world, uh, world record. I suppose it was a world record for Supercoach last night. So uh, on your Desi boy. Uh, guys, if you would like to support the podcast and jump on board as a sponsor for the final stages of the season, hit us up by one of our emails or socials if you'd like an advertising opportunity there. Guys, let's jump into the key Supercoach team news. And once again, unsurprisingly, there is a fair bit of it to get through this week. Starting with the big one, I know the Spires looking very closely at this. I think Mooney is as well. Nathan Cleary named on the extended bench for the Panthers. Uh, Spire, I suppose, firstly, you expect him to come into that side for Penrith for a big game this weekend or still a few
2: weeks away? (laughs) I think it'll just be a case of doing a fitness test later in the week. You want to pass everything that Penrith have set for him. Uh, Again, they don't need to rush him in, but if he's good to go, then why not get him back against um, in a pretty tough match there or tough enough and and get him back into the fold? I think it'll really come down to how he pulls up after some tackling and whatnot during the week. But he's got to be every chance, and hopefully we'll see him back on the weekend, be be good for footy overall. What are your plans with him, mate? I'm purely going to watch. It's going to be a classic eye test situation for me. I've got the money there to get him if I want to. Uh, but it does mean it's a class, it's a two-trade situation. I'll have to downgrade Tot to someone uh, and then get Cleary in. So if he's looking anything remotely like he did earlier in the season, I'm going to get him back. Uh, and just see what happens there. If he then gets hurt again, I'll probably just sit him on the bench and leave him there, providing him while the halfback's healthy. But if he looks in any way tentative, then I'll have to avoid, given it's two trades, to get him in. But yeah, just a real eye test situation. Let's see how he looks uh, and see if he can get through a week at least before considering that move.
0: Mm. Yep. The return of Cleary could seriously decide the overall race because not only the overall race, but head-to-head leagues as well, because if he comes back and fires, those that can get him in, uh, they're just going to change the landscape of Supercoach big time. Uh, Over at the Knights, Mitchie Pierce back from injury. Can only help Caelan Ponger, I think, in that side there, who looked good on the weekend and will be pretty popular this week. No Jaden Braley. Copped a HIA on the weekend against the Raiders. Uh, I was an owner, so as a Raiders fan, I was happy to see him go off. As a supercoach player, I was devastated. Ended up coming back and finishing that game for all of about 13 points. Um, not named this week, so you'd think uh, probably just a little bit, giving him a rest there. I don't believe he's missed a game this season. Braley, uh, Connor Watson remains at lock, not going to hooker as some may have suspected. Watson was also named at lock last week before O'Brien did the old switcheroo and brought in Suaso Sue to start at lock. I think it was. Um, off a win like that, I assume it'll happen to Watson again, where he probably comes off the bench come game day, mate Mooney. I think Watson only played something like forty-four minutes on the weekend. Um, you just—he's a hard man to catch this season, isn't he?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, as an owner, early on, it was sort of a, a la- probably a number seventeen type player where you, you throw the last reserve on him, but. The last few weeks as an owner, I think once he's played and played 80 minutes, he's scoring fantastic. And it's, it's probably a big frustration for owners that, that have him and sort of sit in there and toss and turn whether to play him. Obviously, O'Brien keeps doing what he does and names him at lock and and I think just likes taking the sting out of the game and bringing Watson on. So, but it saves a lot of heartbreak if you just put him in the 15 jumper to start with and stop playing silly buggers mm-hmm. with us all.
0: Which is all good and well when he comes on and plays that 60 straight once the sting's out of the game. But... I'm pretty sure it was 44 minutes on the weekend. I'm just like, I can't work out what he's doing there. But, I mean, they won the game, so hard to argue with a winning result. Uh, Jack Bird named at fullback for the Dragons. An interesting watch. I don't think at this stage of the season anyone will be gambling on Jack Bird at the Dragons, but uh, he did score really well there. I think it was at the start of last year for the Broncos before getting injured. Um, So any owners there, I think, can be pretty happy about that little move. Uh, How long will last? Who knows? Big news. Corey Haraway and Naira, after a serious run of form, Demoted to the bench after a pretty poor game for the Raiders, um, Mooney. I think you're a CHN owner. It makes me feel better about it because I, I got rid of him a few weeks back, a little prematurely, to say the least. What, is, what are your plans with CHN now? Does he stay in your side? Does he play in your 17? What are you thinking? Oh,
1: it's a it's a really tricky one. He was a he was an out and out gun and a, a massive play for the back end of the year. His offloading ability was second to none, and I just think now with on the bench. You know with the forward rotation that the Raiders have got with Tapan and um, Sutton and players like that, um, Elliot Whitehead's back. So you assume he now plays 80 minutes on an edge and stick seems to like Hudson Young. I don't think I'll be playing him this week. And I might even be looking at with the trades up my sleeve, might even have the luxury of moving on to it, to someone like Angus Crichton who I haven't had all year and have wanted to. So that might be what I'll be looking mm, to do.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, um, Joey Tappany's been named to start in the front row, which was interesting. They're allowed to do it because they've got Sato at lock, so there's a bit of size there anyway. But uh, it, it makes things it makes things very interesting because while I suspect that uh, CHN can get himself back to a big-minute role for the run home for Supercoach, if he doesn't and he's playing 40 or 50 minutes, maybe they're getting more minutes into Taps for the run home, uh, big implications on Supercoach. Spy, what do you reckon about it?
2: I tell you what, that that is big implications because I think a lot of sides are reasonably shallow in forward depth. Not everyone, but to lose a back row who is killing it, uh, I even looked at potentially getting him in last week. And he'd been playing some really good footy. Second phase offloads for the Raiders have been doing some good things as well. Uh, if he's only been playing 40-odd minutes, that's a dagger. But as you said, he might earn that spot back. Could be a little bit of silly buggers from Stick as well. You don't quite know at this stage. Uh, might be a bit of a kick up the bum as well after some minor defensive laps of last week. But it's going to have big implications moving forward. And yeah, Mooney, if you can go after this week to someone like Crichton, if he's named on the bench again, that's absolute gold. And that's why uh, saving those trades can come in so handy.
0: mm. Uh, Adam Fenua Blake back early, not early from injury, but what looked to be a pretty serious injury, uh, as pointed out by the NRL physio last week. A uh, bit of a little flesh wound. You could only see half the bone in his finger, so uh, only gone for a week. Back there, Maddie Lodge also back from suspension, so massive for the depth of the front row position there. Cody Nikarima still can't take a trick uh, on the bench for the Warriors. Chanel Harris-Tavita back there in the halves. CSC for Talakai played eighty minutes at centre for the Sharkies last night. He's been named in the back row, and massive news for Talakai owners, myself included. With Teague Wilton still not named there, I think he's battling a bit of a hamstring strain. So the Sharkies have named a four forward bench, but I suspect maybe Maddie Moylan either comes in in the halves or at fourteen, and uh, which means pro- hopefully sort of eighty minutes for Talakai again. And he looks a pretty decent play this week.
2: Just on Talakai, uh it was nice of the coach to say, "Hey, mate, do you want to?" pump out wider this week and just, just defend an edge? He said, yeah, sure, mate. Who are we playing? Oh, just, uh, just Manly on that Jovojevic <laughs> fella. Fair
1: thanks. I can do that. Sure thing. Yeah. I think Joshy Shuster might have stolen his shoes or something because he had an eye for him all night. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? Straight at him. <laughs> uh, actually, I was in a head-to-head matchup and, and was keen watcher of uh, Sasifa Talakai as a non-owner. And What's his first name? Oh, Sasifa. Sasifa? <laughs> uh, um. yeah, and he got through a lot of work last night that sort of didn't really go unnoticed unless you were following him pretty closely, and he he looked like he was going to barge through a couple of times, if not just to be stopped by um, Brad Parker there a couple of times. So it was, um, I was quite happy he was kept to, uh, I think, 30-odd.
0: Spy Joey Manu is a pretty popular trade-in this week. I know Desi got on him a while ago for his couple of games at fullback, and People who got on Manu lucked out so hard. Because as I said, they got him for his one, potentially two games at fullback. Scored well there. Um, went to centre against the Knights. Back to his centre spot, should I say, for a 97 with a try there. Some good attacking stats. Moved to the wing last week against Parramatta where he turned up, again, or I shouldn't say again, it was his first turn of the season. Uh, ran for a stupid amount of metres. And we spoke about it last week, how good a position that is on the wing for the Roosters. Um, mate, Josh Morris has gone... Dale Copley, a uh, bit of a journeyman, as they say, signs with the Roosters. He plays on the wing. Manu back to centre, um, where Manu has historically not been a very good two-catch scorer at all. Would he still be a buy for you, spy, or would you want to see him on the wing? Mate,
2: it saves a decision for me, actually. I, I was really keen on Manu uh, if named on the wing. He's, his work rate's insane. He bust tackles, offloads, and he finishes on the end of that back line outside Sammy Walker. But in the centres... No, thank you. Obviously, if you own, that's fine. You, you plug him in and see how he goes. They've got a few good matches coming up, but I wouldn't be wasting a trade on him now uh, unless he got back to the wing. I know he's got potential in him, but as you say, you've got to go with, with the historic reasoning, and he's only ever been solid, so yeah. it just now becomes better options.
0: It does. Uh, I mean, on that, they do have a nice little draw on the run home. After the Panthers this week, they go Brisbane, Dragons, Bunnies, Raiders, so uh, it's not not say he's a bad buy, but I mean, historically, and it's a pretty big sample size, Manu hasn't been overly relevant at centre, although the last three weeks between three different positions, he's based over 40 the last three games, which is ridiculous. Um, moving on to, where actually Campbell Graham's still out at the Bunnies at centre there, um, which is great news for Tane Milne owners in the depth there because Milne again gets a run at centre after looking like not playing the last three weeks. Graham had a head knock a while ago, a pretty nasty one, and he's been named and dropped out and dropped out. But no Graham this week at all. Uh, big one with Tavita Pangai Junior named on the bench for the Panthers. We'll get to him a bit later in the hot topics. Kurt Capewell moves to centre. Panthers looking pretty depleted. Uh, whether Cleary comes in there or not, we're not sure. Massive news, seriously, seriously big news in SuperCoach this week at the Storm. So. Nico Hines, named to start at fullback. Pappenhausen to come off the bench again. Harry Grant off the bench again, which looks like would probably be his role going forward, playing at 60 minutes. Uh, and Jerome Hughes, who went off early for the second week in a row with a calf complaint, has been named at halfback. I think most super coaches suspected that he wouldn't be named this week um, with the Storm being in a position to to rest players pretty simply for them with the amount of depth they've got. Moon, what do you see happening here? Because it's it's going to have massive uh, implications on the decisions of you know around Hines, use, et cetera, this week.
1: Yeah, I'm sort of hoping I was as an owner of Hines, I was really hoping he'd either get dropped or <laughs> Bellamy come out and say he's going to be staying at fullback for the rest of the year because there's 800k that could be used pretty well elsewhere. Um, he obviously went off on the weekend with a little ankle complaint, and once he went off, it was sort of all the attack revolved around Harry Grant through the middle. So, geez, I don't know how they're going to um how they're going to play. If, if Jerome Hughes is out, which is the organiser in the lot, I don't know if Nico Hines can play that role at a seven. So I don't know whether they look at bringing one, um, one of those Jones boys in at seven and, and keeping that back rotation in the um, with Pappenhausen coming on and playing his 50, 60-odd minutes. But it is up against Manly and maybe Bellamy's just trying to out Desi Desi and um, <laughs> see what happens come game day.
2: Yeah, boys, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if Hughes is not set to play at all. Um, given he did go down last week and go off, it was it looked a little bit more than a rest, even if it's not too serious. It wouldn't shock me game day to have Pappenhausen starting in the one jersey, Hughesy into six to play that right edge role that, that Hughes looks after, and combine with Munster. Uh, and you mentioned Harry Grant there, um, sixty minutes or so off the bench. That's plenty enough to do damage there. We'll get to him more later. But yeah, interesting to see, and if it if it does turn out to be a split role again for Pappenhausen and Hines. Tell you what, that makes it tricky because Hines is sitting at a break-even of 200. Do you just keep him for the year then? What do you do? Some real big question marks, which we can again discuss shortly.
0: Mm. Yeah, plenty going on there. Uh, We'll obviously know more during the week. Uh, Valentine Holmes named to return from injury at fullback for the Cowboys. He should be on a few radars uh, over the next coming weeks just to see how he does come back, but obviously pretty enticing at centre wing there. Uh, The big one, Jason Tamalolo named on the edge for the Cowboys, which. I'm really excited to see, and it's been a tough year for the cows. I'm excited to see not only for SuperCoach purposes, but just Todd Payton willing to shake things up and try something a little bit differently. Uh, I'm hoping it means 80 minutes for Lolo this weekend. Um, Again, that's speculating a little bit, but on the edge, less a work rate, but far more attacking opportunities. He could do some serious damage if they can isolate him with a couple of halves there. Um, There's attacking points in him. Still, really, really low ownership Jason Taumalolo is something like. 10% owned among the top teams. I thought it'd be way higher after bouncing back to a bit of form over the last month or so, but uh, anyway, that is what it is. Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantum Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, If you're interested in more details surrounding that, hit us up on our socials or email or whatever, uh, and we can steer you in the right direction on that one. Boys, the topic this week, um, it's becoming a little bit harder to come up with topics late in the season because uh, we're all running out of trades, uh, we're running out of depth in squads, but uh, we'll, we'll find something, don't you worry about that. The big one this week, and it could be the last time this season we have a tough decision around captains because you know, you, based on what Tommy Chaboyevich has done this year, he's basically a set-and-forget captain every single week, regardless of opposition, except the Melbourne Storm, who, as we know, were just absolute supercoach killers. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to steer away from Tommy as captain this week, but it gets tougher. Guys like the next most popular guys, like Cody Walker, all have tough games. Cody plays the Eels. Teddy plays the Panthers. Pappenhausen or Hines both play manly. Um, You know, got someone like Dave Fafita, who's also pretty enticing, doesn't have the ceiling of these sort of guys. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. I think I know which direction you'll go as a fortunate owner, but... How do you see the captaincy situation panning out this weekend? Do you see a lot of people going away from Tommy Turbo?
2: Yeah, it's massive, and it's a good week for it to happen, I think. Just throws a bit of of variety into the weekend for everyone. Firstly, I think Tommy's still an option. I mean, anyone who averages 130, 140 for the season is obviously an option, but Melbourne are that good. The one thing I'll say about Melbourne defensively, though, is they play a pretty pretty hard up-and-in defensive sort of structure, which means if they do get scored against, it does tend to be the wingers, which means Tommy may be able to get in and and do those quick tap-ons or cut-out balls for try assists. And he might struggle to score tries, but again, his backup games are that good. If they can get through, he might get on the end of it there as well. So there's still avenue for points for him. If Melbourne can slow that ruck down, They really work hard in the middle with line speed. You might struggle to get a lot of ball. So I'm really fascinated to see how how this one plays out. Personally, I'm probably not going to captain turbo, but I'm not against it. And then outside of that, gee, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you go David Fafida, who could come off the bench. We don't really know how that's going to impact him because it's only happened for two weeks. Adam Dewey, obviously I own him, so he's a massive option versus the dog Sunday other, and I may well lean that way. Kalen Ponga against Brisbane, captaining the side, I believe, this weekend. Um, he's got to be a massive option, even though it's Thursday night. I don't think that's too much for concern. You just pick your best option there. Um, but he is carrying a sternum, so there's another another question mark there. And the other one is, if you do own him, Harry Grant as well. He's playing 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. His work rate's huge. Manly... Whilst their attack is unbelievable, their defence hasn't been incredible just yet. So, tell you what, boys, interesting to get your thoughts. But anything could happen this weekend, and it's going to could prove a big decision.
0: Heaps and heaps of options there, and I don't mind Grant either. But uh, that lingering Hammy injury would have to nearly be enough to steer you away from him. But if he was fully fit and there was no concerns there, oh my God, Grant! Who we'll get, we'll talk a bit more about Grant uh, again in hot topics. But far out, he's tempting, isn't he? Um, Mooney, one manly diehard in Desi Creek drops out of the podcast this week. Another diehard manly supporter yourself comes in. How do you see Tommy Turbo going against Mel- Melbourne?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's – I mean, I think it's something like eight out of 11 scores this year have been over 100. and The couple of times he hasn't notched up a 100, I think he's well scored 40 against the Knights. He's, he's, Melbourne are one of the only two teams he hasn't ever scored 100 against with the Cowboy who's been the other one. Um, he's got a high score of 91 against him and only averages 45. And I think he's played maybe four or five matches mm. against them. So, look, the, on the flip side of that, he, his work rate's up. He seems to be taking the ball a lot. He's tackle busting a um, mm-hmm. couple of offloads there last night. The up and in defence, he's quick enough to get on the outside and, then, um, and shift the ball to a winger and let him in. I can see him getting an 80 and setting up two tries mm-hmm. or a try and getting a line break there. So it's not a bad... Captaincy choice—it's a safe one, that's for sure. Um, I don't think you should, um mean yourself if you if you put the captaincy on him and he only bangs out a sixty or a seventy or, or a forty odd, because you know what he could do if he, couple the tries here and there and, and splits the game open. If it goes into golden point and they play an extra five or six minutes, then there's five or six minutes of extra runs and, and carries for him too. <laughs> oh, yeah, never should golden point. <laughs> Just made it time. We know. Just said they get to golden point. <laughs> Sorry,
2: I was just going to mention, and I love the confidence there. A, I hope I hope you're right, because I, I really want a blockbuster and I want someone to challenge Melbourne because they're just going that well. And B, you just nailed something there, Mooney. And it's this week, you set your benchmark as captain each week. You probably want 120 to 150 most weeks, the way it's been going. But this week, you'd take a 75-80. So it could be that kind of weekend.
1: Which brings me to my next bloke that I had a bit of a look at was Payne Haas too. Up against the Knights on that Thursday night match, I mean, there's a 75 without him doing too much. You know the Knights' defence is pretty brittle at times, so it only takes a bit of a crash over ball or a quick tip on for a try there. I mean, he was a captaincy lock pre the new rules. I mean, that's all we're talking about was Captain Payne Haas at the start of last year. So, I mean, his form's showing it. Um, he'd be another one I'd be willing to throw a seat on if you're You're happy to take an 80-odd points in a
0: captain? I I think if you're going to go Payne Haas, I know it's the first game of the round, but it's a straight C. Uh, You're not going to VC him because, look, I I don't know what his highest ever score is in Supercoach. It might be 120-odd or something, but he pretty rarely scores over 100. To loop, (coughs) while it might be a little bit different in a tough week this week, you sort of want over 130 or 140 to even think about looping. So... I can't see Payne House doing that. But if you want a straight scene, hopefully that, that pretty rock-solid 80, I don't mind that as an option.
1: The um, Going across to, I think the spy mentioned too, was Dave Fafita. He hasn't played 80 minutes since round 15. Mm. So his minutes are well down. I know he's <laughs> off the back of an origin. I mean, he didn't even play game three. But um, starting on the bench, I don't think the minutes are there for Dave Fafita, the captain, until he's back playing 80 week in, week out. Yeah, he actually didn't
2: it. play game two origin either, which was good for the Blues. I mean, he was out there, but it didn't do much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the thing with Fafida, I mean, he's been named to start again this week, but um I know they've Holbrook's been pretty happy, obviously, the last two weeks to play him off the bench. Uh, I think they've possibly won two in a row since he's done that. And he has had a good impact off the bench. <clears throat> I know they were they were sort of saying that. With how quick the game is these days, you don't necessarily need players playing eighty minutes. Um, if you can get a straight sixty out of them, it's, it's probably more effective. So um, I do see him playing that sixty-minute role again this week. Just on Tom Jaboyevich and the Melbourne Storm defensively in Supercoach. Uh, we talk about the Storm being a Supercoach, just defensive powerhouse. <clears throat> get this for stats. So courtesy of NRL Supercoach Stats website, um, it has position versus team scoring. So how each position in Supercoach scores against certain opposition. The Melbourne Storm have the best defence, score concede the least amount of points to hookers, front rowers, second rowers, halfbacks, five-eights, and fullbacks. The only position they're not the best in is centre wing and they're second best behind the Penrith Panthers, um, which is mind-blowing. So on that alone, I know stats aren't everything, and I know someone like Tom Trebojevic is a bloke who's going to throw stats out the door and bust them, but... I'm not going with Tommy this week because I think you're still going to get a staggering amount of super coaches captaining him this week because they'll be scared what could happen if they don't captain him. I just see it as the perfect Danny Podweek spy um, to go against Tommy Draboyevich, have a crack at someone else, uh, and I think it could pay off big time potentially.
2: Yeah, I agree. No arguments at all.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Spy, the other one I thought you might mention a little bit more is you did touch on him, but it's it's hard to say because I, I bag the poor old Tigers each and every week. Um, and we saw what happened on the weekend, didn't we? They The Warriors couldn't name a full squad leading into that game. They threw Ewan Aiken in the back row, I think, for the first time in his career, just about. And he killed it. They led, was at 10-0 at halftime. They still couldn't close that game out. All that being said, well, I don't trust the Tigers, mate. Adam Dewey just continues to rack up big scores. And with his massive ceiling, he's got to be pretty close to your top pick this week. Yeah, mate. If I, I think I mentioned,
2: probably didn't touch on it enough, but yeah, he probably might be my captain at this stage. Sunday, versus the Dogs. The only other person that I'd probably consider ahead of him would be if I was to bring in Ponga versus versus mm. Brisbane on Thursday night. But yeah, Do is a huge option. He scored ninety-seven again on the weekend and only scored three tries.
0: Yeah, if I owned Ponga, I'd I'd throw the throw the sea on him. I think in that game. Um, the ones I'm looking at at the moment, Cody Walker against the Eels and James Tedesco versus the Panthers. Uh, and to be honest, I don't feel good about either of them. The Eels, I mean, they've got a pretty strong side there. I know Regan Campbell-Gillard's out this week, but uh, they look to be on a bit of a downward spiral. I know the Bunnies pumped them earlier in the season. I think in that game, did Alex Johnson score four or five tries or something, put on about 150 points. Cody in that game got 80 or 90. So I'm tempted by Cody, and I'm also pretty tempted against Teddy, against the Panthers, just because we know what his ceiling's done. The Panthers side this week, I mean, they've got Cape in the centres, Mama Roz, Rowski, who's capable, of course, has come into the centres as well. Uh, they've got blokes out all over the place. So, Teddy's pretty tempting, his low ownership as well. Um, it's going to be a really tough one, and I'm, it's an exciting weekend of Supercoach for that reason. Uh, guys, let's jump into the hot topics of the week. And we will start with Harry Grant, who I expect to probably be the most purchased player this week. Uh, Moon, I'll start with you, mate. And I, are you a grand owner at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm a, a two time grand owner. You are too. So we've all held him.
0: We've all held Harry Grant for a long time on this show tonight. Moon, you've held him for a lot longer. I, I brought him
1: in, I think, pre Origin, thinking, oh, he'll play a couple of games here and there. Got hurt, traded him out, and then um, was running with uh, geez, Connor Watson and some other spuds. So. I brought in Harry Grant, and then he got injured the week after, and then so I've had him sitting there on my bench. I've just bided my time, knowing what he can do at the back end of the year, and also being that sort of pod player. I think too, uh, at this time of the year, with the trades running low, I don't think many people will have him, and he's out and out the best hooker in the comp, yeah, hands down. So yeah, he was
0: owned by Buggerall Supercoach coming into this week, and and as you said, because there are so few so few trades left the people have uh, and people are struggling financially, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it makes it tough. I'll throw to you on Harry Grant, mate. And my question is, uh, you're an owner as well. In the hypothetical that you're not an owner, the issue for me is that with such little depth in squads, you don't want to be trading out guns for guns. So say you're trading out someone like uh, a Braley, a Reed Marnie, or one of these guys, a Damian Cook, to get to Harry Grant. Yes, it's an upgraded trade, but at this point in the season – Oh, gee, it, like it's a tough thing to do. Would you be moving heaven and earth to get him in this week, say you only had one or two trades left, or what do you reckon?
2: I wouldn't this week because, as NRL Physio said, one of the, the big markers for coming back from a hand injury is getting through those first two matches. If so you can get through this week and then the draw opens up a little bit again, I think you can almost move heaven and earth to get him. But it's not, it's not a case of you absolutely have to own him, but I'll give you the tip. After watching me on the weekend and earlier in the season, it's a joy to watch as an owner. Uh, if he's going to play sixty minutes, that's fine. I haven't really done the maths, but he'll probably average eighty plus would be my tip, if not ninety odd. Um, I really think once he gets healthy, hopefully it's this season, if he's just strong, but or next year, whenever it may be, he'll be right in the discussion with Tommy Trebovich and and Nathan Cleary as the best players in the game. He is incredible.
0: Yeah, he's a freak. Um, spy Bradman best first game back from injury on the weekend killed it scored what was he ninety odd or something he might have been more. Um, I'll get your thoughts, but I just I think people need to proceed with a bit of caution on Bradman best. Um, reason being that in the past two seasons he's played twenty one of the past forty games I think it is. So unless you've got a lot of depth at center wing or you've got a few extra trades in hand. A bloke who's one game back from injury. I think he's been one, two, three, three different stages this year. He's been out due to injury on separate injuries or flared up injuries at different times. Um, Even prior to this week, he's still only averaging 54 points per game. The Knights do have a good run home. Uh, What are your thoughts on him, Spy? We know
2: how good he can be, but I'm very, very tentative on him. As we said, we're all low on trades this time of season. If... If getting him in frees up enough money to do something else big, that Mm. might be a little swinging factor, and they run home with the Knights. But, mate, 21 out of the last 40 games Mm. is a horrendous stat. He's young, obviously developing into his body, which is huge, by the way, but um, he can get hurt. Ponga loves to hit wingers. On the surface, I like it, but with minimal trades, as you said, unless there's depth in the centres, if you've got plenty of depth, maybe you can do it, and then if he gets injured, you just park him. That's fine. That's fine. But be prepared to do that because he can be an out at any stage the way it's going. Mm. Um, so it's a risk with upside, but I'm going to steer clear, I think, after having a bit of a look into him. And as you said, his average isn't actually even that that good. No. I feel like I feel like it could be better in terms of how good a player he can be. Yeah.
0: Um, so I just think, yeah, as I said, very much proceed with caution with, with your trades, with your last one, two, three, four trades. Um, <clears throat> as I said, people with depth in positions – uh, can afford to go for these guys who have a bit of an injury history, sounds super critical because I got Katoni Stags of all people last week, lasted all of one game. But again, I'm in a position to cover it at this stage. So um, just be careful with that one a little bit. Moons, the fullback scenario is an interesting one this week because Clint Gutherson's run home is horrific for the Eels and probably ceiling isn't quite there of other fullbacks in the position. We don't need to go into sort of massive detail about each player as such, but... For people looking to move on Gutho, um, I've even seen people willing to move on Gun fullbacks. I won't name any in particular, but let's say from the Gutho perspective or, or people who might have Alex Johnson at fullback who they want to shift back to centre, who would you be getting in out of, say we already own Tommy Turbo, Ponga, Pappy, Teddy, or Luttrell, and it can be next week as well if you're sort of thinking Pappy?
1: Well, first off, if you're still running with Clint Gutherson, go and have a good hard look at yourself in the
0: mirror. First of did all. did Clint Guffson hurt you as a child
1: or something? No, he, he just needs a haircut <laughs> and a good talking to. <laughs> but um, look, I think in the in the fullback space, I know we're talking oh, Pappenhausen still could be two or three weeks away from a starting spot. His minutes may increase. I mean, yeah, it looks as dangerous as ever. I'd be looking at moving on Ponga now. I mean, the night the Brisbane match on Thursday night's very tempting. He's five hundred and thirty k. We all know what he can do, and, and he's the type of fullback that um, at that price you're willing to have a crack at for sure. He's We know his ceiling's there. We noted that Mitch Pearce is back. Um, the Knights really need to pull their finger out and make a run for these finals, and if it's going to happen, it's going to be on the back of KP. So I'd be looking to go straight to run with um, with Turbo and, and Ponga for the run home. To Teddy, the other one, but um, for the cost difference that you're going to get out of Ponga and Teddy... I'd be leaning mm. more towards Ponga.
0: Spy, I think you are in this situation. I, I believe you are a guffo owner. <laughs> what a <laughs> <laughs> what a, what are your plans, mate?
2: Mate, former Manly player Gutherson. Did something go wrong there, Mooney? For you, as you said, former. Um, former. He's <laughs> former. That's the key word. He um, firstly, he's still averaging eighty, so he's going very, very well, and he's busy. But as you said, the run is really, really bad. So I think you got to go an upside guy. I wouldn't. I would pull the – let me say this again. I would pull the trigger on Ponger immediately if it wasn't for two things. One, his injury history this year has been pretty riddled. I'm reasonably confident he's still carrying a sternum injury just looking at how he's playing, which worries me a touch, and he's lost the goal kicking. So that's from a playing perspective. And I still might get him this week, but having a look at Teddy, who looks back to his best, doesn't he? He looks sharp, busy. The team's really revolving around me at the moment, and he linked that with Sammy Walker pretty well last weekend as well. Uh, Teddy plays Brisbane and Saints after this weekend. Back to back could go massive, and then he finishes with Canberra, who he traditionally could tear apart at times, especially if they haven't got their defence in order. Uh, I really like the look of Teddy uh, potentially over Ponga, just given those reasons. I'm pretty happy to wait a week, unless I'm just going to get very aggressive this week and go straight for Ponga, which could happen. I mean, one week. If he scores, say, Ponga comes out and scores 150, Guthe gets 50, I'd be pretty annoyed if I didn't do it. Uh, But what what waiting a week does, it allows me to have one last look at my man, Pappy, if he starts in the one jersey before obviously getting him in because he's a huge option. Of course he is. Uh, We just want to see him back in that starting role before pulling the trigger.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Teddy because people just seem to, for some ridiculous reason, have gone off the boil with him. I think I've owned him for... Since round one, um, it's been a bit of a patient hold at times through injury and origin and restings and all sorts of things. But uh, incredibly, he's owned still by, only owned by 11% of the top 100 ranked overall super coaches, 13% of the top 1,000 ranked super coaches. If you take out his games against top four opposition, these are his most recent scores in order. 146 against the Knights. Then there's the origin period. Before that, 105 against the Raiders, 97 against the Broncos, and 131 against the Cowboys. Um, In that time, he had games against Parramatta, um, um, the Panthers, the Storm, where he didn't go terrific. His run home after Penrith this week, who were pretty depleted, as you said, Spy, coinciding with the first four rounds of head-to-head finals, Broncos, Dragons, Rabbitohs, Raiders. This is a guy who was pretty well the undisputed king of Supercoats last season. Uh, and, you know, due to a few reasons, he's probably dropped to second or third at the moment. Um, I just think Teddy, still pretty well priced at 650K. Got to be right on the radar then, and he's probably my number two fullback to Tommy Turbo still. Uh, However, there is the fear of, I mean, you know, Pong has got his potential as well. We know that. We know Pappy's potential. Um, But the other thing is, in other years where Teddy may get a rest late in the season, the Roosters are fighting for top four spots. So, Unless come round twenty five, uh, they can't shift on the ladder. Teddy, I can't see getting a rest unless there's an injury flare up. So uh, anyway, okay. for me, it's uh, I really like James Tedesco, but uh, just myself speaking, I hope people stay off so he stays a pod for me. Moving on from the fullbacks, actually, let's not move on from the fullbacks. Um, Mooney Latrell Mitchell, banged out, I think back to back
1: tons, looking good. Yeah, he is. then that, I mean, that Rabbitohs edge just seems to get more, uh, seems to get better and better every week. He is a player that you're just going to have to rely on him scoring tries, I think, too, um, which sounds ridiculous. But he doesn't seem to have that work rate that the Tedesco's or the Trebojevic's have. I don't think he's – it sounds ridiculous. I don't think his ceiling's there is what it could be. He's only, I think, scored two or three hundreds for the year. Um and they were early on in the season, so – he scored 200 back. Yeah, one hundred and eight and one hundred and twenty-three. So yeah. no, I know you mean ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling was, <laughs> I just don't think is there. Um, I mean the Rabbitohs points, they're there, but a lot of it's obviously off Cody, and and I'd be leaning against against. Luttrell, just for the fact that whilst he's 120, could be thrown in with a, a 40 or a 30-odd, whereas I don't think you're going to get that with uh, with, a,
0: with a Teddy. I think the ceiling is there of Latrell. I think Luttrell's ceiling is as good as just about anyone in the game, but it's not going to be there as frequently as Teddy Turbo, who we've seen can go one 180 points back-to-back, whereas I think Latrell definitely has a 200-game in him. Who decides to play for 80 minutes and he just gets that taste of blood in his mouth and he just wants to score four tries. I think that's going to happen. I think it could happen this season where the trail goes 200. But in terms of, your yeah, ceiling, in terms of back-to-back games, perhaps it's not there in comparison to some other players. Um, on Nico Hines, by, you touched on it before, but let's say let's say come game day this week he gets benched. It, it could happen. Pappen has a good start if Jerome Hughes plays. I mean, you don't own, you've sold him, but um, hypothetical in your perspective, would you be looking to cash out on Hines at his price with the high break even, or what are you thinking?
2: Look, I would only cash out if it's going to be worth doing it. If you've got the trades to make that worthwhile, I don't mind it, obviously downgrade Hines or obviously going to Pappenhausen or another fullback's a huge option. Um, I think it's individual circumstances. You want to make it worthwhile because the, the case for holding would be he could potentially start multiple games back end of the season. They might rest Hughes. They might give Pappy another rest. They might rest Munster. You know, anything could happen there. But my other concern is if, but Pappenhausen's probably the least likely to get rested outside of maybe one game. And Heinz's scoring potential is all at fullback. He loves that sweep play, tip on, try assist, convert the goal. If he's playing in the halves or something like that, I just don't know how high his scoring potential is. I think he'd be salted, and if you own him, that's fine. But I would be leaning, if he can do it, I wouldn't mind probably moving him on if the situation allows uh, with Pappy back. Uh, if you can make it work and you can get him to Tedesco, for example, I would certainly do it.
0: Yeah, look, if he gets bench and he's your ticket to a gun fullback, perhaps, but oh, I'm with you, mate. I think be, uh, among rested players and whatnot, he gets enough starts at the back end of his season that when he does play and starts, you just want him in your centre wing, obviously. You know, not many people are going to have no two trades left in them anyway, to downgrade, cash in, and then upgrade another player anyway. So I know a lot of people That's have it. run out of trades already or one trade. So um, I'll just be playing. And then if there are weeks where he's named on the bench, which I'm sure there may be one or two or three weeks on the run home, uh, I'll just sit him those weeks. And if you have to play in, in your CT dub back into the season off the bench and he only plays 50 minutes, look, he can still score well anyway. So uh, tough one there anyway. Hey, Mooney, uh Sean Bloor is a bloke that you held, I held up. The Spy might have him as well. Um, started on the weekend. What like He looked like the most dud trade of all time. Um, no one could really move him on because he never, I don't think, got over about 200K. Started when we needed him to last weekend. I don't know how many people were forced to play, him, but I assume there's a few... Uh, fifty odd points, played eighty minutes, named to start again this week. A few tackle busts in him, uh, and looked pretty
1: promising. Uh, huge. This was the uh, the chat mm-hmm. from the start of the year that Sean Blow was the next gun coming out of the Tigers. Um, I've been an owner since day one, and you're right, unable to move him on just to the, due to the fact he just didn't make any money for you to to move him on. Mm-hmm. Now starting, played eighty minutes on the weekend too, which which was a great sign for owners and and scored fifty two. Up against the Bulldogs this week, I'd be playing him. I'd definitely, mm. probably playing him over a Harawira Naira. Um, if you're in, if you're in my shoes, mm. um, spoiler alert. But um, I'll, I'll definitely be looking to um, hold on to him for a couple more weeks. And I don't think I'll have the opportunity to cash him out. But when he's starting on the edge, there, he's a definite play. Spy is Jordan Rapana an option or not?
2: He's that fullback again, so he definitely is an option. His work rate, as we know, is through the roof. He'll um he will kill himself before losing a game willingly. So he'll, he'll probably have twenty twenty five hit ups a game, tackle busting really well. Uh, I haven't had I don't have the Raiders run home in front of me. That'd be my only question mark. I know they got a few semi Tough games, but I think he's a really solid option in the centers with a little bit of upside. Uh, problem. Otherwise, being is Bailey Simonson, I believe, isn't far away. Whether he gets picked, I'm not sure what the plan is there, but potentially pushes him out of fullback. Uh, Jackie Whiten's struggling at the moment. Maybe they shake it up with desperation on the line and put him to fullback at some stage. So I think there's question marks around him, but if you want to get him in, he'll have a go for you. Trust me on that uh, and should base pretty well with some chance of points in attacking yeah, it's was.
0: A, it's a tough run home after this weekend to the Dragons, the Raiders play the Storm Manly Warriors Roosters. Uh, I don't really like it. I, it wouldn't shock me to see – if the Raiders do get done this week, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jackie Whiten shift to fullback and Matty Frawley come into the halves uh, for the run home because the Raiders are going to have to try something against get some tough opposition. Uh, and I'll be here for three days if I go on with that. Um, Your yeah, thoughts, Spy? Uh,
2: just real quickly, I think that puts the line through. Apart from what I just said, if they've got Melbourne and Manly coming up the next two weeks, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a no.
0: Tavita Pangai Jr. has been a very patient hold for myself and a lot of others. <clears throat> um, plays his first game for Penrith off the bench this week. The way I see the team, he should be getting pretty decent minutes. Scotty Sorensen starting in the back row. Liam Martin, who generally comes off the bench into that back row rotation, is starting in the front row. Tavita Pan- oh, sorry, Tavita. James Fisher-Harris is going to miss two weeks tomorrow, two more weeks as he comes back from uh, the birth of his child. He needs to isolate in Queensland. Um on top of that, Kurt Capel out of the back row into the centres, whether or not that sticks for game day, we'll see. But I think there'll be 40 to 50 minutes of time for TPJ there. I think if he plays in the middle in a 45 to 50-minute role, he's a great play in 17s and huge for depth because I did a bit of digging into TPJ. And this – sorry, in his sample size this season – in games playing fifty minutes as a middle at the Broncos, he actually outscored what he was doing uh, on, on in an eighty-minute edge role for the Broncos. Um, so, what, what's your take on TPJ Mooney?
1: I had a um, I had a read your article there, Timmy. Some some excellent work. Thanks, mate. No worries, boss. I um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know if the minutes are going to be there for him. I think the, I think <coughs> they're going to only be looking at playing him forty or fifty minutes. What did he miss? Four weeks with the Bronx. Been out for suspension. a while, yeah. So the match fitness isn't there. I mean, he was playing 80. That was 80 minutes for Brisbane. They got a fair, fair bit of a rest stand behind the try line. I wouldn't be surprised if only seeing get 40 or 50 minutes. And, and you know, if he's coming on an edge, you're only looking at shifting down to one one side 30, 40 points maybe, 50 at max. Um, I wouldn't be looking to play mm. him this week, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, so he had... We've got the numbers here. He started uh, rounds one, two, and three. It was either lock or prop. I think it was at prop uh, for the Broncos. Round one versus the Eels, 79 points in 39 minutes with 45 in base stats. Round two against the Titans, 100 points in 52 minutes with 53 in base. Round three against the Bulldogs, 82 points in 59 minutes with 47 in base. Uh, That's serious numbers. And I think it shows that he only needs 45 to 50 minutes to score well. Uh, And then on top of that, he comes into a side like Penrith, who, I mean, albeit they have a really tough draw to finish the season, but there's going to be more forward momentum. that They're going to be on the front foot, and stopping TPJs or a t- retreating defensive line, it's going to be hard work. So I see him upping his attacking output as well, uh, and I really like him. Probably not a play this week because we want to see how many minutes he gets, what his role is, et cetera, um, but I quite like him. I mean, I wouldn't be buying him, but uh, I think owners who have got him He's an exciting pod for the run home in the back end of the season. Yeah,
2: I think um, this weekend in particular with some guys still out being rested and the like uh, and still catching up on injuries, I wouldn't probably bring him in for someone that averages more than 60. But if you've got someone who's averaging in the mid-50s, for example, you're going to play, then that's when you definitely go TPJ with that upside. My two question marks on him would be, uh, obviously minutes, but then how, how much does he offload? For Brisbane, he did it a heap. He had like eight, seven or eight a couple of times in those scores you mentioned. Uh, so whether Penrith want him offloading or just getting rolling forward, they play a pretty simplified game plan. Roll forward, kick corners and dominate territory. That could hurt him if he's not offloading. So that's going to be crucial for Supercoach output. And the other one is, I think, they got the Roosters this weekend, don't they? So he'll get a crack at Sammy Walker again on an edge there who... Tell you what, can tackle the young kid for a little fella. He's even improved in the last month, but that should lead to tackle bus and offloads if you could get a crack at him on an edge, which could be handy this week.
0: Boys, a quick one to finish the hot topics. Uh, I'm going to do a sit V start. <clears throat> so base this hypothetically on um, if you're being a team that has two or three solid options as your 17th man in your team and you have to work out whether to sit them or start them this week. Uh, I'll go with you first, Spy, and then I'll go to Mooney. Uh, and basically, in a one-word answer, you can say whether you'd sit them or whether you'd start them. Uh, Matt Burton. Play. Mooney. Start. <clears throat> I, I'm pretty tempted to sit him this week. Jerome Luai. 50-50,
2: but I would probably play him unless you got a, a really decent option. Moon.
0: Sit. I'd sit him as well. Uh, Spy Jason, on, just quickly, just on
2: Luai, pending Cleary as well. If if Luai's the main number seven, uh, like last week, but if Cleary comes in, then I'd actually sit Luai while they okay. find a combination.
0: Carry on. Spy Jason Saab. Now nah, sit. Moon, sit. Spy Ruben Garrick. I'd sit Saab as well. <clears throat> uh, playing Garrick,
2: work great, goal kicking, left edge, Melbourne. Uh, that's they do concede a few points down that edge.
1: Moon. Yeah, start.
0: 100%. Uh, yeah, you'd be in a pretty good position to sit him. Uh, spy Marty Tapao. Oh, oh yeah,
2: yeah, I'd play him. Yeah, tougher match, maybe some bigger minutes.
1: Moon, uh,
0: I'd sit Tapao. I'd sit Tapao as well against Melbourne. Uh, spy Josh Schuster.
1: Hmm, tricky one. I'd play him. Good work rate. Right? Yeah, definitely start. He'll be playing eighty minutes. There's thirty odd tackles for him.
0: I reckon he gets forty five points, but again, you'd be getting in a good position to sit him. Uh not Jaden Brayley because he's gone. He's a good one for you. Spy Connor Watson.
2: I'd definitely play. People would be scared after last week, but he could terrorise Brisbane up there.
1: Oh gee assuming you don't have, you've got Brayley there or something, if you've still got him, you probably nearly have to start him.
0: Mm. Yeah, well. Uh, Spires, cc for Talakai. I'd play Watson as well. Uh, who, who do the Sharks have again? Um, who do they have? I know he's hopefully playing 80 minutes in that one. Um, panic mode, who have the Sharks got? Who's first?
2: Crisis meeting. The Warriors. They got the Warriors. Yeah, I'd play him against the Warriors, but
1: only just. Yeah, I'd him last week, definitely playing.
0: I own him, and at this stage, I'm sitting in. But that could change come game day. I'm a little bit excited by him. He looked alright on the weekend, despite the the job he was given. Uh, bit of match spot, fitness won't, hurt, yeah. won't
2: obviously hurt as well. He's playing big a bit time, now.
0: big time. Asked uh, by Sean Bloor.
2: The Bloor. I I'd probably sit, and i probably will sit just because the Tigers' rotation. I have no idea what they're going to do. He mm-hmm. could pump out 40 minutes and score
1: 12. Yeah. Moon? Uh, I'm starting assuming he's playing 80 minutes on the edge against the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, he could score well there. Uh, I will be sitting. Spy, TPJ. Yeah, I'm going to play him
2: uh, and
0: cross those fingers. Moon? Sit. Uh, I will I'll probably sit as well. Um, spy, Adam Faneuil-Blake, first game back from injury.
2: Definitely play.
1: Moon? As a Matt Lodge owner, I'll be tossing the coin and, um, geez, I I don't know. It'll Mm. either be him or Lodge. Um, yeah. I'd probably lean towards Lodge at this stage. Not both. Don't want to play both? Oh, I got Papaliti and Haas. Don't, yeah, I'll see. I'll go. Mm.
0: I've got AFB and I think I'm sitting. I've got Papaliti and Haas as well. Uh, and lucky last by Sammy Walker against the Panthers. (laughs) Oh, Sammy.
2: Um, I'm pretty scared to play him. He's, he's certainly improved, though, um, from a physical sense. I think I have to play him at the moment, actually, cause Johnson's my backup, so I'll be playing him. But, yeah, I'd be pretty tempted to sit if he could. Um, but anything could happen in that one. I'm not sure.
1: Moon? I think if you've got him, you've got to have the uh, balls to play him, Spy. Start. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I agree.
0: I mean, yeah, we know he can go low, but far out he looks good. And, and I've got him and I'll be playing him over guy, someone like Matty Burton. Hey, boys, let's jump into our antipod and pod plays of the week. Spice, start with you.
2: <clears throat> yep, I've dead set got nothing because I forgot to do this section, so I'll leave it to you, boys, and listen on. Yeah, easy done.
1: <laughs> what have you come up with? Um, oh, look, I guess looking through my side there, the antipod, I suppose, would be to, to maybe sit um, or not play just someone like a Josh Schuster, who, who's sort of been a lock there for me in the, in the last reserves. Um, pod play this week. I'm thinking maybe Jack Bird. Moving on to Jack Bird, um, I was an owner early on in the to the season, so back at fullback, pretty good base. Um, I know it's St George, but you know the centre wings haven't really been lighting up the world, so probably my pod play for the week, Jack Bird.
0: Yeah, I'll go with uh, Antipod. I, I say this about as one of the, I think it's about one person in the top twenty thousand people who doesn't own Ruben Garrick, and I am he. Um, I'd, sitting Ruben Garrick this week, I think if he can pump out only 20 or 30, if Melbourne come out and flog Manly, which could very well happen, they've done to every other team this year, um, Garrett could get 20 or 30 points. He might not kick goals. He might not get runs and tackle busts, So I think it's a huge Andy pod play if you've got the options at centre wing to sit him. Uh, my pod play, um, no surprise, but Cam Murray, he's back from suspension, bugger all ownership. He's owned by about 4 or 5% of the top 100 through the top 1,000. Uh, I rattled off a few numbers about him last week on the podcast or the week before, but base has been unbelievable. I think over 50 or 60, pretty well every game in his last seven or eight games. Uh, I think with his attacking upside, fresh from a week off, massive on Cam Murray as usual. I wish I had more trades to get him in. Um, Spy, you still got nothing for us or what?
2: Nice, boys. I've always got something. Just needed a minute. So uh, two, two pod plays this week. One, this is, this is gutsy, but Valholm straight back in against the Titans. Uh, if you're going to get him, I think you want it to be now. So if you need – if you've got to sitting there and you can strengthen your side, maybe Val Holmes and hope he comes back fresh. was only a shoulder injury, so he should have been running plenty. And the other one is, we've mentioned him heaps, but Harry Grant's still pretty under-owned. So yeah. uh, I'll tell you what, the only reason Harry will disappoint you is if he gets hurt, which could happen. If he stays healthy, you'll just enjoy watching Melbourne more and more.
0: Yeah, like it, Spy. Boys, top sport punting plays of the week. Our leaderboard at the moment, I'm up $105 for the season based on $10 bets. Desi Creek's up 39 The Spy's up $0.50, cents, uh, and he'll be in the red after this week. I'm fairly confident of it. Uh, Mooney, you're not on the leaderboard, but I reckon the few podcasts you've been on, you've gone for 101 uh, plays, and I don't think I was going come up because we'd know about them. So I'm going to sit you at minus 20 or 30, depending on how many podcasts you've been on. Happy to, happy to cop that one. <laughs> Uh, guys, if you do want to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If joining up, use the code SC Playbook. 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. Uh, they've got the best same game multi in the business by a freaking mile. Uh, so if you're keen, jump onto that. Spy. If you've done, you done this work, mate, of you, you've been too too switched onto the sailing.
2: I have done this
0: one, mate. Uh, a little
2: bit disappointed because I'm pretty sure I nailed six try scorers last weekend. Oh, we here we go. Team, but that's all right. These things happen. Uh, this week, I'm tempted just to go a dollar twenty shot just to stay in the positive. But chasing the win, I'll it's not go. Not your Tigers. money with spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay then. In that case, I'm going to go the Tigers to cover the line. Uh, it's only about 10 points first the dogs. <laughs> the bookies are on uh, on Tim's bandwagon. They're not raining the Tigers at all, but I'm thinking they'll be too good there. The Knights to cover the line. Again, it's only 10 against Brisbane. I think the Broncos might show up for this one, but 10 isn't very much when you've got Ponga in your side against Brisbane, who have struggled. And Cowboys to cover the line... Uh, against, I think they've got the Titans. Uh, they've got a pretty good line there. So all in all, that should be about 7-1, to one, and I'll be steaming home for the last four weeks to get this win that I thoroughly deserve.
0: Yeah, nicely done, mate. Uh, for this week, what have I gone with? I'm going... Uh Rabidos and Eels, the Rabbitohs line is negative eight and a half, eight and a half. Not super confident of it, but I think from what we've seen from both sides of late, I think the eight and a half of the Bunnies looks pretty good. So throwing a multi on, Bunnies line of eight and a half. Storm and Manly, uh, sorry to send uh, a few shakes through your bones, Mooney, but the Storm are only 12 and a half line on Manly, which seriously, they're pretty well full strength. Harry Grant back in business. Uh, I like that as well. And then... The Roosters with a plus nine-and-a-half start against the Panthers at $1.90. So I think that's pretty good as well based on the side that Penrith have thrown out. They've looked clunky as hell in attack and whatnot. Um, even with Cleary back, that'll probably change things a little bit. But, yeah, three-leg multi there that'll pay around about $6 for us. Uh, Moons, what are you like? A few lines?
1: Yeah, a couple lines. I'm going to take South Sydney to, to cover um, the line up against the, the Eels. I'm going to go the Roosters outright to win. I think they're up against Ooh. Penrith there I think they're back yes. for an old fifty. Yeah, yeah. Good, good value. I like that That's as well. Some pretty good value there. Um and I'm gonna take the Bulldogs to cover the line against the absolutely atrocious Tigers.
0: There you go, boys. Um, all right, moving on, where are we up to? Uh this one could be very brief. I reckon there's we've touched on a little bit already. The round twenty one trades and skippers. Spy, where are you at? You've got a few trades to play with, so you might have something.
2: I do. I'm having a hard, hard look at Ponga. Um, just the Teddy factor there and Pappy factor might sway me not to do it, or I just do it and potentially mm-hmm. rotate them in a week or two. That could be an option rotate. as well.
0: With fullback rotation policy. Half the super coaches <laughs> have no trades left in your fullback rotation policy.
2: You gotta, yeah, you gotta think outside the box. Could be, could be on oh, uh, yeah. VC. Obviously, I brought in Ponga. He'll be VC or skipper. But I think I think I will stick with Dewey against the Dogs as my skipper and vice captain. I I will just have to I have to work it out because it depends who my subs will be. I think uh, maybe someone I could go Tommy or potentially someone on Friday night. Uh, but yeah, a little bit to look at there. But Dewey or Ponga will be one of the two most likely boys.
1: Sweet mate, uh, Moon. What do you got? Um, I'm probably going to look at moving. Um Dane Laurie I bought last week for three minutes, which was nice. Um, So I'll probably look for a center wing there, maybe leaning towards a Jack Burr, which I mentioned before as a previous owner, nice, safe, easy option for me. Um, I think I'll just make the one trade this week, keep an eye on Ponga. Um, Teddy might be a last-minute pull-the-trigger with a Nico Hines trade-out maybe. Um, Skipper this week, I think I'll be looking to go – I think I'm just going to stick with Turbo. I can't not. I'd, mm. I'd hate not to captain him and him to score hundred and twenty and you know that that to happen, so that will be too too much to to deal with if I didn't skip a in
2: <laughs> shuddering at the thought at least manly may have won mate uh just quickly on Laurie there mate he looked sharp too, I think in his two minutes he played not even having to go he went straight between the rock and only hurt his ankle because he's poked his head through uh, well, the, it could have been a big knife the
1: tigers, the tiger's run was pretty good and I sort of tossed up between him and Nofaluma and um. Yeah, Laurie just had a bit better ceiling, so pretty disappointing, and I think Tigers fans alike will, yeah, will join me 100%. in that, um, that news. a yeah, big loss for all.
0: Uh, for me, it will be no trades this week. Uh, sitting on two left, so I, I'll i basically be saving those for an emergency. I think I've got depth in each position, but uh, in an instance where I'm short in a spot uh, due to a few injuries or suspension or whatever, I'll be probably holding onto them ones for a fair while. Skippers, at this stage, it's going to be Cody Walker or James Tedesco, probably leaning towards Cody because if Penrith do show up, uh, which they very well may, particularly if Nathan Cleary plays, uh, Teddy is a bit of a risk, but he does entice me a little bit. Boys, few questions, then we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, and again, we're talking a bit, I mean, we're talking a lot about Harry Grant, but I mean, it may, we, we are for good reason. It's from Richo Smith, Spy. So he says, Is it time for Harry? Or run Braley's soft run as starting hooker due to injuries and hold the trade. He says. Oh, so that's part one of the question. So so basically, spy would you go Brayley to Harry Grant, or again, is it back to like? Would you just save the trade and get a more problematic area in your side?
2: Yeah, well, especially now Brayley's been rested. Um, if you've, I'm kind of big on just letting Harry get through this weekend to see if his hemi's all right. If you can do it. Uh, and then bring him in from next week onwards, ideally. But if you need to pull the trigger, don't mind going now as well, mate.
0: Mooney, part two of it, he, he sort of, it's a bit of a vague question, but he says, if, is Hines a play, could you see Hines being a play from the bench uh, in the future? And his question is, so Hines against, uh, say, say it's against a weaker opposition on the run home and Nico Hines is named on the bench, could you see yourself playing him off the bench uh, against a CT dub from a lesser team
1: or is it just too much of a risk? I think at 810k, roughly what it is, I think it's too much of a risk. I think if he gets, I mean, this week he's been named to start. If he gets put to the bench, I think he'll be the first trade out. And it, it's something, you know, take the money and run. He was about 200k to start the year. So I think you've just got to take that money and, and run the risk that he does play big minutes and score well, hoping that the other um, everyone else has gotten rid of him.
0: Spy, um, spy question from Andrew McGuckin. Uh, CT dub, what a joke. Is there anyone left fit that's worth a shout? And I mean he makes a good point. I mean, doesn't settle a lot there, but he makes a good point in that even the appealing options at Centre Wing, particularly a lot of the cheap ones, they're coming back from injury, your Bradman Besh, your Corey Thompson's, etc. Uh, Spy, is there anyone left that's fit that's worth a shout that we might not have spoken about just yet?
2: Yeah, it's a great point. It's it's a bit of a dearth of quality, healthy options. Um look off the top of my head. Not too sure. Obviously, we've got Alex Johnson coming back hopefully next week or soon. Um, to to answer your question, mate, I've, I've got to I'm sitting in there. I may not even trade him. That's the thing. Like, if I've got the depth to cover, it's I'm going to keep an eye out. I don't have a list of centers off the top of my head, but if you can wait a week on it and just see who's playing well and see who gets through, I'd be looking to do that because, yeah, we just want to see we need healthy guys back into the season, mm-hmm. don't we? Uh, and just quickly on Heinz, boys, I want to emphasize strongly – if he's not playing fullback, I just don't know where his points come from because 90% of his points have come from that sweep play and goal-kicking this year. He might not get to do either off the bench or in the halves.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think the best hope would be, I don't think it'll happen. I really don't. But if he does end up at centre uh, and say they shift Rema Smith to a wing, if Bellier got him playing that sort of roving Tommy Chaboyevich origin role at centre where he scans the field. But even so, uh, I'm a little bit with you there, mate. It, it'd still be a bit of a worry. You wouldn't sell him if you're starting at centre, but, um, it, yeah, there'd be a bit of concern there. Uh, any centre wings we haven't looked at for you, mates?
1: Oh, uh, the only one I could sort of throw out there would be someone like a Brian Kelly, maybe. i um, written about him in the couple of weeks in the podcast. Scores of uh, 74, 99 and 90 in the past three of the past four weeks. So... Titans' run isn't that bad. They're finding a little bit of form, um, to answer your question. Andrew, yeah,
0: yeah, like it. It's about time that um, Brian Kelly kicked into gear. I know Spy, he was a guy you've been keen on. Yeah, he's um, pretty keen on Kelly. He's starting to look a little bit better, but I still much prefer
2: someone like Nofaluma. Good run home. Tigers will be fired up. They'll probably lose some games 34-32 by the end fired of the year, but that's fine. That's that's fine for us. Well, they need to keep the coach there in their contracts, mate, because there's a few going to get shown in the door at this stage.
1: Tiger Town Part 2.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question from Todd G. We'll need a backup half with Hughes out for one to three weeks. So this was obviously thrown out before Hughes got named. So let's say Hughes is ruled out this week. Um, if you're looking for a backup, uh, backup half, he says, do you boys think A-Ray is the best option or, for that matter, or an option at all, Spy?
2: Don't mind him, but a couple of t- t- tougher games coming up. I'd prefer I'd prefer Sammy Walker, especially after this weekend. Uh, yeah. I think he could have a huge few weeks.
0: Yeah, Reynolds 116 against, uh, who was it, the Dragons on the weekend. His first turn of the season. Aside from that, not a lot of scores over. I think he had maybe oh, two or three other scores over 65, 70. There's just too many strike weapons in, in the bunnies there between Luttrell, Cody Walker. You throw in Damien Cook, Cam Murray. It's just too hard to share points there. Um, what about you, Mooney?
1: Oh, the smoky I throw out for um, the answer to that question might be Braden Trindle. Actually, looked pretty good there last night. He's good, them. isn't he? Yeah, he did. Eyes Love up, Woody. He likes running the ball and um, might try and overplay his hand a bit too much. But I mean, in a Cronulla side, there aren't too many attacking options to look for. So Trindle might be the one to a little bit of a smoky for you. When he held up Ruben
0: Garrick for that try, unbelievably. There was about 139,999 super coaches who were just livid about it. And I was the
1: only one who was just ecstatic, even though I <laughs> had Bobby <laughs> Turbo as captain. Um, oh. Break even of negative um, 17. So. Him, Braden Trindle. Braden Trindle. Great goal kicker as well. I was smoking on Twitter home. a few weeks about it. I hope you ended up
2: going with him because he's been huge. Him. Soft, soft run home.
0: Very soft run home. Oh, interesting one, Braden Trindle. Uh, good way to wrap it up, boys, for the night. Mooney, thank you for coming back on.
1: You've been good. Oh, thanks, Tim. Thanks, <laughs> Spire. Um, It was good to see a bit of footy over a stretch of Monday night games back on last week. It's, uh, it's all heating up for the back end of the year with head to head finals, that's
0: for sure. Uh, Spy, we hope to be chatting to you next week in the top 100. Yeah, hopefully, mate.
2: Um, As long as the Queensland government doesn't pull the Saturday games again, I should be able to make it through to next Tuesday. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.